Welcome to the Culture of Leadership. We have conversations that help you develop and become a more confident leader. This is my conversation with Julian Mather. Julian's seen the world through many lenses, through a telescopic sight as an army sniper, through the TV lens as a globe-trotting cameraman for ABC TV, National Geographic and BBC, through smoke and mirrors as a professional magician. He's travelled far, but his longest journeys have been from behind the camera to in front of it, from stutterer to professional speaker, from shy to shine. Now he shows you how to overcome the fear of video in seven days and become the confident video presenter you want to be. Video is arguably the most powerful tool for leaders to communicate and impact at scale. If you want to unleash your inner video star to become a more confident leader, watching this episode is your next step. This is the Culture of Leadership podcast. I'm Brendan Rogers. Enjoy my conversation with Julian. Let's talk about what a leader is first, because there are so many people who think, you know, we're just talking to CEOs. I mean, I when 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 I help people use video, I'm helping people who are building a business, inspiring a team, leading a movement, connecting a tribe, driving a vision, backing yourself, or just setting an example for somebody else. So I can help people use video who are trying to take people, what's that term? It's from confusion to clarity, fear to confidence, and then mobilize them towards a greater future. So, you know, this is the path. We can do it. Follow me. And the reason I start with that is because one of the biggest problems I've had with clients, you know, doing this over the last decade or so, is that unless you have something to say, I can almost guarantee you will not show up in video and say it. You need that purpose within you. You need to be almost like, like it doesn't matter what you do, you can't shut me up about this. And so with that drive inside, it's important that there's so many people who struggle to show up in video and say what they want to say. So in a digital world, you can touch more hearts, you can shift more minds, you can move more feet and there's no better way to do it than to build trust with video. So pretty much that's where we're at. You know, we are in this digital world. There are four big shifts out there that have happened. There's the digital shift. You know, we don't read, uh, we watch, we don't meet, we Zoom, uh, brick and mortar have become click and order. And so video is almost this new reading and writing. So you really, you can't afford to be a video illiterate leader now. And then we moved into this self-serve society. We're addicted to the convenience of information at our fingertips. I mean, show me how to fill in the form. Show me how to fit the tap washer you just sold me. Don't make me wait. (laughs) Just show me already. And then there's been the shift in trust. I mean, banks have let us down. Churches have let us down. Politicians have let us down. And big brands have let us down. And we trust strangers now to take us to the airport in an Uber more than we trust the CEOs we work for. We trust people more than brands. And then the other big shift is this move towards transparency. This is citizen and consumer-driven demand for transparency. So don't tell me that this is a great place to work. Show me. Don't tell me you support diversity. Show me. And so there's this big change out there, but there's a problem with video. 
and that it used to be simple. I mean, it used to be like, you know, video, well, we'll get someone to make it. But now there's almost three new sectors of video. So there's what I call legacy video, which is a creative video. It's it's the video we know. You know, if you go on to Netflix and watch something, if you want to get a video for your homepage done, if you want to get some ads done or promotions done, it's creative, traditional video making. But there's two new forms of video. One is AI-generated video, and this is automated, and it's uh, so many businesses now know that, you know, they've got to have a certain amount of video, so they're actually just putting in video scripts. In fact, the AI writes the scripts for them and turns it into these avatars, like, you know, uh, which read the videos for them. And this is like for compliance. Like, you know, we've got to have all these videos done, tick the box, it's done. And it's just horrible stuff. It's video spam and there's more of it coming. And then the third area, which is the area that I work in, is what I call new video. And this is persuasive video. It's personal. It's just you turning up on camera, speaking to one person out there and trying to help them solve their their problems. And you're going to buy your content and the videos you make, uh, try to persuade them and help them change their mind and go from that confusion to clarity, fear to confidence and mobilize them to what you think is a better future for them. But this is the big problem, Brandon. Most people hate how they look, they hate how they sound, and they feel technically way out of their depth when it comes to video. So we need a new way to approach this. And that's really what I've sort of spent the last five years on, is working on this thing, what I call the new video professional. This is professionals who know that I've got to use video in my business now. I don't want to be here. I wish it would all go away, but it's helping and giving them systems so they've got to learn these new rules and get the new tools and overcome their fear of video, and then they can become confident video presenters who win more trust, authority, clients, and jobs. So that's sort of the situation out there. Yeah, so much to unpack and big situation. I want to go back to that term video illiterate leader because you use that a bit in some of the work that you do as well. I can sort of assume that video illiterate leader, first of all, the the best example is they just don't get on video. But when you see a leader, a business owner, whatever, actually doing video and you look at it, what does that video illiterate leader look like when they've got to that step? Well, Let's just look at some examples of, of leaders who are using video. I mean, there's no one more current at the moment than Volodymyr Zelensky. I mean, look at him. He just turns up in his T-shirt holding, you know, uh, doing a selfie video with himself or a couple of people behind him, and, you know, it goes global and people are, you know, bought into that message. I mean, the power of video for, you know, how it has been used in the Ukrainian war is current and it's quite um, amazing. I mean, Jacinda Ardern in New Zealand, uh, Prime Minister of New Zealand, I mean, she releases policy updates on YouTube. Uh, She's very effectively using this persuasive video, just turning up one-on-one on video. And and you, you go back, I mean, Barack Obama, he had the West Wing Weekly it was a YouTube channel where they once a week let a, a smartphone crew in and they just followed him around for a couple of hours and you sort of saw, you know, behind the presidency. It was incredibly popular. 
Uh, you know, Bill and M Melinda Gates, well, I don't know how they work together now, they're split up, but, you know, they've used video so effectively, simple video to improve uh, healthcare and they're pushed to reduce extreme poverty. Satya Nadella, CEO of Microsoft, always turning up on video. And then if anyone can remember this, type in Swan Care Letters into YouTube and you'll get this video that was made for a healthcare, uh, a nursing home in Western Australia. It is just a beautiful use of where we're talking about, you know, it's not just for leaders using video. And this is something we've got to talk about too, is about empowering your staff and your teams to show up on, on video as well. Type in Squat Swan Care Letters. It goes for about two and a half minutes and it is a really powerful use of video. Like, I mean, <laughs> I, I just want to send my family, if I have anyone in my family who needs uh, aged care, I just want to send them to Swadden Care. It's beautifully done. You've mentioned, obviously, some pretty big names in the global leadership sphere, let's say, but I want to just strip that back because a lot of people around, you know, if we think about this podcast and having conversation to create confident leaders, we're talking about this everyday person and about being better than they were yesterday. If you look at through that lens, what's the step that they need to take and therefore the impact they can have through this empowering their people? I want to jump to that. The first thing you've got to understand is, you know, people ask, why me? You know, they're not confident in going on video because they, like you were just saying, we mentioned all, all these big names, like they should be on, on video. You've got to stand firm in your belief that you do not need anybody's permission to turn up on video and try and help them. And really, that's what we're doing as, as leaders. We're trying to take people from where we are to a better situation now. So understanding that gone are the days that there were gatekeepers for this. So, you know, in the days of television, you had to be the anointed one. You had to, you know, get a PR team to use their connections to get you on. Now, you just turn up on LinkedIn, you turn up on whatever platform uh, you like. And if you go in with a service mindset where I'm here to help you, and you turn up honestly and openly and with a little bit of vulnerability, some humility, you will do well. And when I say do well, this is not about building like big amounts of likes. That's the wrong metric. Is there somebody out there? Is there one person? Is there five people? Maybe a hundred, maybe a thousand people who listen to you and take on board your message does that affect their life in a, in a positive way? And then once you do that, you've got to then start working on, okay, I've got this all this body of knowledge, then I've got to work out, you know, uh, how am I going to chunk that down into content that works for online platforms? Because, you know, we've all got, I always think about it like a potato, <laughs> like we've got a big potato of knowledge and we want to give it to someone and stick it down their throat and, and, they, and they choke. We've got to turn that potato of knowledge into fries because same amount of potato, <laughs> but, you know, like in fry, we can just have them one at a time and we digest it beautifully and we go, is there some more? So we've got to stand firm that you don't need anyone's permission to want to show up and help them. And then you've got to be clear because confused people don't buy. You've got to spend a bit of time 
chunking down your your content and then working out how it's going to go on video. And then what you've got to do is then you've got to present it. And most people go, well, yeah, but I'm not a video presenter. (laughs) And they look at other people and they go, oh, I want to be like that person. And it is honestly the worst thing you can do. What works now, what works beautifully is turning up and being yourself. And, you know, you go, yeah, but I'm boring. I don't have, no, 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 you're not. There are 25 flavors of ice cream out there because not everyone wants vanilla. People want a particular flavor. And you will find that you resonate with certain people and there are other people who you're not going to resonate with either. I mean, there are people who are listening to me now and go, I cannot stand the sound of this bloke's voice. Just, just, you know, don't like the cut of his jib for whatever. And that used to worry me turning up on video because I thought, oh, you know, I'm a bit of a people pleaser, like to do that, until I came to my senses because uh, this started I, uh, uh, seven or eight years ago. I had a YouTube channel that did really well, and I used to get 5% of haters. Like, so I used to get like 95% of like and 5% of those were haters. And those 5% used to always come right at the start. And I used to be so worried, 5%, because this equated, um, you know, I had millions of views and this equated to, you know, um, you know, many thousands of people not liking me. And it used to eat away at me until I came to my senses. And I realized that if I walked into a room of people that I'd never met and 5%, so, so there were 20 people in the room, one person didn't like me, but 19 did. Oh, how fantastic is that? Like, you know, I'm so far ahead. So not being hung up that you're going to go on and you're going to get criticism, and this is another thing as well, Uh, people worry, you know, people are going to criticise me. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to say something wrong. I'm going to fluff it up. Here's a bit of home truth for you. You're not that interesting. (laughs) people aren't thinking about you. Honestly, if you go on and you mess something up, people aren't going home and talking about you. As soon as they've stopped listening to you, they've flicked onto something else, they're doing something else or doing something really important in life, like working out when the kids have to be picked up, (laughs) you know, who's going to cook dinner tonight? They're not thinking uh, about you. So really it comes down to if you're worried about going on video, there's three things you really want to do. You want to stand firm. You don't need permission to uh, to turn up and help people. You want to be clear because confused people don't buy. And you want to stay true to yourself. You don't have to change who you are. And this is such a blessing. It's such a relief because being who you are takes no effort. And it's one of the wonderful things. You used the word much earlier, authentic and being more authentic. So can videos be too polished? Oh, yeah. I mean, polished videos don't work because remember we were saying before that um, we trust people more than brands now. And so those big, we've had decades of these larger organisations giving us these messages, telling us they're going to do things for them and not living up to it. So these, and video, they used video a lot. So those polished corporate type videos full of hollow promises, they just don't work like they used to. There's always going to be a place for that, always going to be a place for that. But now this authentic video and authentic, a lot of people get hung up on this because I hear uh, people discussing it online and on podcasts and they say, you know, authentic is that, you know, you've just got to be exactly who you are. So, you know, if you're feeling down that day, you turn up down. I go, no, you 
don't. <laughs> Authentic is really easy. Authentic is if you met me in the street, you would say, you are exactly like you are on video. You are exactly like you are on this podcast now. That's all authentic is. And how I am in the real world and in this virtual world here now is I'm professional. And if I'm feeling down, I don't turn up and go, oh, I'm just going to, you know, bring uh, you know, the culture of leadership podcast down because I'm feeling a bit down today. No, that's not professional. That's not how we operate. So, a great rule of thumb for, you know, people want to know how should I turn up on video? A great rule of thumb is just extrapolate what you would do in the real world and it pretty much works for online. Does video lie? Does video lie? That's a nice question. I like that. Um, you know, in one sense, it, it, it yes, you can because there's a in television we had a a, a, a saying and it was uh, about editing and it's cut within the frame, and what that means is that there's a frame around you know the edge of the the image your TV set, and outside of that nothing matters. It only matters what's in the frame. So as I'm sitting here now and talking to you, you can't it, and it looks all nice. You can't see around the outside here. You can't see the walls are half painted or I haven't bothered finishing in there. You can't see the stuff and all the stuff hanging on the walls. It's outside the frame. So in that sense, video can lie what's inside the frame. But in another sense, you do not want to turn up on video and say anything that is not true. Because I had this discussion once with there's a guy called Dr. Paul Ekman. Uh, he's a, like a world authority on micro expressions. And I was saying that because we, we, was, we were doing a, doc, a documentary on the science of fear and we're talking about um, yeah, micro expressions. And uh, I was saying, oh, it's really weird because when I look through the viewfinder, because my job was really a professional starer, I used to stare at people. And you know, through through the lens. And I could always tell if something was off. I could tell if they were going to cry. I could tell. And he said, no, he said, because you've been doing this for so long, you're picking up on micro expressions. And these are these little tells. Uh, he's called the human lie detector, Dr. Paul Ekman, because he can look at people and he can watch the videos and tell if they're lying. And this is why you don't want to lie. If you, you know, make videos and come up and go, oh, I'm just going to make something, but I don't really believe it. You want that conviction behind what you're saying because it's not who you say you are anymore. It's who Google says you are. And uh, every time you make a video, it's up there and it's up there for good. But that's not hard. I mean, I just have a hard and fast rule. It's very simple. And we, we were talking about this before, uh, Brendan, about, you know, about do you want to edit anything out? And I said, no, I own whatever comes out of my mouth. And the reason I say that is I have a simple rule, and that is if it's not true, I don't say it. It is that simple, and that is my, my, my filter. And it's so easy for me to live that way. Uh, because I don't have to look over my shoulder. I don't have to double guess I'm going to get caught out on something. Uh, and it's a wonderful rule for creating video content. And so to answer your question, does video lie? Uh, yeah, well, yeah, I think I've answered it. <laughs> I think you have. In the work that you do, and we'll maybe look at some of the stuff you've done because it's absolutely fascinating, but do you come across and witness people 
business leaders, people wanted to lead in their field, whatever, that are not as confident about getting into video because there is that lie factor. The real is different to what may show up or what they want to show up on video. Is that a factor of people not getting on video? It is a huge factor, <laughs> Brendan. So uh, this has taken me uh, quite a number of years to work out because one of the things that always used to frust- frustrate me was that I would work with people. They'd be so excited about getting on video and getting ahead uh, and starting this, and this is a new part of their, their, their business and their being, and they wouldn't make the videos. That's drive me insane. And so I used to try to work out what is going on? What is going on here? So the number one reason, and uh, this started with the discussion I had with Matt Church. Uh, uh, You may know Matt Church, but he has this thing called the four levels of commitment. So if we want to turn up and do something, the first level of commitment is money. Like I will pay the money for it. I paid the money for the course. You know, I bought the book then you can pay, but you can do nothing with it. So the second level of commitment is time. So I've paid up and now I'm going to put the time into it. Well, of course, we can put a lot of time into it, but, you know, without effort, that doesn't really mean anything. So the third level of commitment is effort. So it goes money, time, then effort. And when it comes to going on video, so I worked with plenty of clients, put the money in, they put the time and they put the effort in and they'd hit this barrier. And the fourth level of commitment is identity. It's our reputation. It's how people see us out there in the world. And what stops us is status. And this, and I didn't understand status until I started to dive into it. And if you ever want to go uh, read a book called The Status Game by Will Storr, uh, really unpacks all this. So uh, what is status? Status is just this feeling of being valued. And, you know, we have a longing for connection and to be loved and to be part of a group. And once we're inside these groups, we have a need to move up within those groups. So how much others see me as valuable to the success of the group, that's what status is. So we grant people with the expertise our group needs to succeed with high status. And this is baked into us. This is evolutionary. For all social creatures on planet Earth, high status brings abundance. We get more food, we get more land, we get more romantic opportunities. So the higher we rise, the more likely we are to live and to love and to have children and pass on the the games. So this is baked into us. The opposite of status is public humiliation. And that's where all the status gets stripped away from you. And so when we see video, we see video as this thing that can possibly do uh, uh, give us public humiliation, which is almost like it's almost like heaven and hell. It's uh, something we completely avoid. And the best way to think of this is uh, snakes and ladders. Remember the game Snakes and Ladders? We all played as kids, and you roll the dice, Certainly. and you you know, like it takes you forever to get up the right ladders, and and then you get right up to that last line, and you're going along, and you're rolling the dice, and you say, I don't want to land on that big snake. Because if you land on that big snake, right back down to the start. And that's how we see video. And we're worried about this because we know, we we worry, we're going to be exposed as frauds when we go online because, you know, we're in a position of leadership. And, you know, leaders are supposed to, you know, know what we're doing. We're supposed to be good communicators. And, you know, we are in a sense, but, you know, uh, 
we are not practice people on, on video and we're worried we're not going to be seen as clever or funny or rich or as perfect. Now, um, in COVID, we saw this right at the start, you know, when we all went on Zoom and people, you know, saw that our lives that we lived at home were quite messy and chaotic and they weren't as perfect as we, you know, portray ourselves in our, you know, business suit at work. And anyway, all this causes this perpetual anxiety. And video is when people think about going on video, they think, oh, man, if, you know, I could lose it all. And they just go, I'm going to put it on the back burner. So if you want to go on video, what you need to do is find something to replace your worry about status as a driver for you to be on video. And so I worked at it and I worked at this and, uh, yeah, and I came up with a solution to it. So. The easiest thing. Share that solution, mate, because that's exactly where my head's going. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay. It's okay. The easiest thing for you to do well on video and turn up is to turn up with a service mindset about thinking about I'm turning up to help people as much as I'm here and I could have worried having about this podcast with you and years ago I would have, I don't. All I'm doing now is listening to your questions and thinking, what is the best way, the best information I can put out there that can help somebody? It's imperfect. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm ducking and diving and weaving. I'm going off on tangents, um, umming and ahhing, and none of that matters because my focus is, is, is what I'm saying, can that help somebody else? And when you go in with a service mindset, it's like a magic pill, Brendan. Fix nervous with service. Fix nervous with service. Once you take you out of the equation, and this isn't all about you, and this all isn't about you and your status and looking fantastic, it's about you turning up and trying to help people, people within your organization, your customers and clients, the broader community, whoever it is, if you turn up with that mindset, your nervousness melts away. And it's a brilliant, brilliant cure for it. Give us an example of that for you, that nervous to service. I guess what I'm saying is a success story, that something that really resonates with you over the time you've been working in this space and working with people to get their message out. Yeah, okay. people go, oh, you know, like I, everyone says, yeah, yeah, but you don't understand my situation. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, we've all got the, our external situations, and it's all very real. Uh, what happens to us? We're, we're never going to get past that. So I'm just going back a step here. I, I used to get very confused about change. I used to think that you know, if I just applied myself, and I've had a lot of career changes, but a, a, a lot of it I could have done a lot smarter. And I used to think that if I just apply myself and keep taking the steps over a period of time, I'll eventually go from um, being stuck here to being unstuck where I want to be. And that worked, but it was a lot of effort. And then I realized that change is not a process. Change is a decision. And when you've decided that you want to do something, it, it becomes so much easier. And we all know this because, like, if if you haven't made a decision, like, I, I, let me speak personally, if I haven't made a decision on something, I don't, you can't make me do it. I can get really stubborn about it. But if I've decided I want to do something, you can't stop me from doing it. And so when it comes to doing video and a lot of people go, yeah, but you don't understand my external situations, 
we have to go back and take responsibility that you know everyone's got an external situation uh, and it's about owning that and then deciding yes this is something you know whether you want or need to do it whatever your language is and then you're going to see the change so the reason I, I preface with that is um, I have a client uh, who uh, of all things is uh, uh, blind since birth and that client uh, never ever thought they could do videos just thought it was you know way out of you know anything possible and working uh, with them <laughs> through the processes um, they are now uh, doing keynote speaking, doing it virtually, and having uh, a ball. I mean, this is available to anybody uh, to to turn up and do. Uh, and I've got other clients um, as well uh, who've been deaf as well, and they turn up and and, and they speak uh, with you know, um, like we hear people who you know who can't hear. They have uh, an affected speaking, uh, and they're just getting on with it. Must be quite satisfying working with. You know, people with those sort of disabilities and seeing the advancement. But let's let's get real personal on your side because how do you use your own story, which is quite unique? Your background, sniper, magician, cameraman behind the camera, now spending a lot of time in front of the camera. How do you use that and those scenarios in your own journey to inspire others to get from that nervous to service? Well, I mean, I used to. I I was a walking uh, concoction of. Uh, you know, never thinking that I could could do this to be in front of a video. I mean, I spent most of my life hiding. And that's what, you know, people go, oh, well, how did you move from being a sniper to being a cameraman? You know, was it that you were, you know, looking through a lens? Well, you know, that's a commonality. Was it that you were, you know, metaphorically shooting people? Yeah, that's a commonality. But the, the reality was I was hiding, that these were tools that I was able to hide behind because I – had self-esteem, self-worth issues. I was start, uh, shy, and I was a stutterer. Uh, I started my life, my, my earliest memories, you know, five or six years old, going to speech therapy lessons, learning about diphthongs and triphthongs and looking at my mouth in a mirror. I hated it. And I started in my youth, into my teens, into my 20s, even into my 30s. And so I had all these stories as I was a cameraman. I had all these people in front of the lens who were – affecting change within the world. And I used to look at them and uh, I was I was mystified about how they got that confidence to be in front of the lens and you know, affect this change. And and I was embarrassed I was embarrassed because I didn't have that confidence at all. And I felt excluded because one thing I did learn was that those in front of the lens are like metaphorically in the light. And if you're in the light, you get more opportunity than people who are in the shadows. And so I also felt small because I knew I had this stuff inside of me and I thought I could be playing a bigger and a better game, but I just didn't know how. And so this went on and over the years, all these people influencing my thinking that I eventually walked away from television at the top of my game. And uh, I had this idea that I was going to go out and affect change within the world. And uh, I took a program out into schools to teach philanthropy to school children. And uh, I took it out to deafening silence <laughs> because it was a great idea. Everyone um, said, yeah, fantastic. But I didn't understand anything about business. And I learned my first lesson about business, never open a restaurant unless you've got a starving crowd. 
Uh, you know, people thought it was fantastic, but they wanted something different. And they said, have you got anything to do with English or maths or science? You know, uh, we'll take those. The vanilla flavours. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, yeah, I was, uh, I was stuck. So yeah, everything, um, you know, I was basically left with no money, no income, and I had to reinvent myself. And as a cameraman, what I used to do was used to carry magic in my camera vest, just some little magic tricks because get this. Get this. Apparently, people don't trust the media. <gasps> I know. So I used to um, uh, use uh, magic as a way to build rapport with with people. You know, if you can get them laughing a bit, you know, it works wonders. And so I took those basic magic skills I had and I doubled down on them and uh, I ended up becoming a professional magician for about five years and did about 2,000 magic shows. Well, that cured my stutter, I'll tell you. And so I learned a lot. And I learned the biggest thing I learned about that was about audiences. And this it, it, this really flows into video so much is that I used to be terrified of audiences. I used to think they were really hostile. Like people were out there waiting to take me down. And if you act like a lame deer, you know, wolves are very good at this. You know, they spot the lame one and they, they go for them. And so I started off, you know, very much as a lame deer until I started to go, you know, I need to get better at this and started to study and look at the psychology of audiences. And it turns out that people want to be directed. If an audience is there watching, you know, whether it's in, in, you know, in real time or online, we all live really busy lives. And if somebody turns up and within the first, you know, let's just say five, 10 seconds or something, you hear them and you go, you know what? I sort of like this person and they sort of know what they're talking about. We give ourselves over to that person to direct this because it means for the next five minutes or the next half hour, I don't have to make decisions. And we love having a break, <laughs> you know, from having to make decisions all through every day. So audiences are actually on your side. And I never understood this. And it's the same out there. And you don't have to be a fantastic performer to, to turn up. You just have to be compelling to the person who is listening to you. And this is what we, we we go back to this about, you know, people go, oh, yeah, but I don't know what to say. I'm no yeah, Yes, you do. No one knows your customer or your client or your staff like you do. And so if you're turning up on video, all you have to do is turn up and speak to like you're speaking to one person with a service mindset, like you're trying to help them improve their situation. And if you're speaking to the right set of ears for that, you are absolutely compelling. And so this is when, I mean, because one thing I say to people is that you can go from uh, no confidence at all to being a compelling video presenter, and you can do that in seven days. And it's about speaking to the right people with the right message at the right time. And if you turn up and try to be somebody else, it doesn't work because people want a person, not a persona. And again, we get back to this big mistake we make. We think, oh, no, I, I have to be like, you know, a, a, a certain way or, or that presenter. And humans have got amazingly good BS detectors. And remember we were saying before that if you take something offline, extrapolate it to um, um, online and vice versa to work out what works, imagine you had turned up to somebody that you didn't know 
and you're going to have a cup of coffee with them and you're trying to, going to help them. And all of a sudden, instead of just chatting to them, you sat upright in your seat and you, you know, you looked a certain way and you started to speak differently and you spoke without pauses. You spoke without saying um and ah, without using your hands. They would just sit back and go, huh? What's up with you? Something's wrong here. And you, they'd have a bad taste in their mouth right from the get go. So this is why anybody can be a compelling video presenter just by turning up, trying to help someone and being themselves. I know you've shared a lot around, I guess, those four levels of commitment, but that identity trigger. What was your identity trigger or who helped you with that identity trigger to move yourself in front of the camera from some of that history that you shared with us earlier? Yeah, um, look, one of the things uh, – Navel gazing, I think, Brendan, more than <laughs> more than any one person itself. But one thing I learned about myself, uh, and, you know, is this great saying. You know that saying, um, you can't be inside the jar and read the label on the outside at the same time. You know, like you know, how others see see you. You know, I, I think the world sees me differently, and people see me a certain way. And I used to sit and go. Who who am I and what and why do I continually change careers? And I learned something about myself, and that's my love of learning is greater than my ego. And what I mean by that is I really like going back to a beginner mindset and that waking up every day and thinking, oh, today is a brand new day. What am I going to learn today? This is so exciting. It's almost like a bit of a drug to me. And my ego or that need for status that we talked about before, I just realized that my I've, I've made a decision that, that I would rather give my status away, which I did when I walked away from television. I was, you know, I mean, I, I, I had world-class credentials and I just walked away from them and went back to a nobody in this world of magic. And uh, I had to build my way up and I built my way up in there to having a voice in uh, the world of magic. And then I built a, a, a company and I sold that, a business and I sold that that business. And then I went back down to ground zero again into this, okay, working with businesses and trying to uh, help people use video. And I've just realized that my, yeah, I just love going back and, and being the beginner again. And this works so well on video, vulnerability, turning up and saying, you know what? I don't know everything. I'm not perfect at this, but why don't you come along with me on the journey as I, I learn? And you take on the role as, as of both teacher and student at the same time, and it works wonders. Why does it work wonders? Because everyone's turning up and trying to say I'm perfect, <laughs> and you just stand out. If you go, you know what, yeah, okay, I'm good at this, but come along with me as I try to work my way through this. And, you'll, you know, and it's all about relatability. You know, we do business with people we know, like, and trust. And if you turn up and go, you know, I'm like you, I'm imperfect like you. You might, I'm, I'm good and I've worked hard to get to my leadership position, but, you know, take, take me out of that uh, and uh, I'm, I'm back there struggling as you might be struggling in certain areas of your life. And so uh, having that empathy. And this is really important too because people, we think we want to turn up on video 
perfectly because we think people will see how perfect we are and they'll want our business or our service or our product, but that's not how it works. It's a two-step process. People see you and the first thing they're asking are, are you like me? Because again, we do business with people we know, like, and trust. And once they've understood that, oh, okay, I can do business with this person. They seem okay. Then they say, now I want to be like you. And I don't mean that literally, they want to be like you, but they then want what you have to offer. So whether it's a product, whether it's a service, but it's two steps. It's not immediate. So thinking that you can turn up perfectly, perfect does not attract anymore. It used to. Like those polished corporate videos we were talking about before, it's not how people turn up and access and use video now. They want to know, can I do business with you? And then do you have the credibility credibility to help me? And then it opens the doors and you can start with the, the, the process. Julian, let's crystallize this a bit and let me set some context. So I'm a beginner, using that term you referred to. I'm a beginner with video. I'm leading an organization, let's say. doesn't matter the number of people. And I know that video is an effective messaging tool. Where do I start? What's your advice to me to get me on the train? Where do you start? Well, it depends what you want to do. Are you having uh, – do you need – okay, let's let's start with a meeting. I want to provide the organisation with updates to get some of those words that you mentioned very early in the episode, clarity and alignment, big things around leadership and, and what people are doing. So I just want to create some clarity and alignment around the organisation and people in the organisation, what's happening. Yeah, so what you can do is you can – Use your phone or you can use your webcam. You do not need to spend any money. You can go on and use an app called Loom, L-O-O-M. Now, I know with different organizations that you've got, you know, there's certain software you can and you can't uh, download, but Loom seems to be pretty safe. But there's a whole range of these personal video messaging apps. And if you want to just try this out, They've all got free versions, so you don't have to pay anything. So you've got everything. You've got, you've got your phone and download Loom. And all it is is once you download it, you just open up the app and it'll come up. It'll look like your, your video screen and it'll have a button there and you basically hit the record button and it goes three, two, one, and then you're recording. And you just uh, speak to the uh, camera and deliver your, your message. Keep it nice and simple. Just keep it short. Keep it to the point. And then at the end, you hit stop. And what that does is it automatically then takes you to a, uh, a page. It's like your own personal portal where the videos that you record are stored. Now, in those videos, you can immediately just type in an email address and hit send. It will send that video to that person. But you could send that video to maybe someone's chat in LinkedIn. You could send it to somebody in your team and they could disperse it to all your team members. All they do is get an email that's got a link in it, but what it will also do is in the email, it would put a little three-second version of that video where they can see it's you and uh, you know, you're, you're talking and it just repeats itself. And then also on that page, you can type in a headline to it these videos, what you can do is you might be saying to everyone in your organization, listen, there's this brand new uh, document uh, protocol that we've got to follow. You need to read this one-page document. 
And in the video itself, you can put a button that they can tap the video screen with a button and you can download uh, whatever you want from there. So you could have your document uploaded. Knowing this ahead of time when you're making that video, our hands are really useful tools when we're uh, at making videos, is that you can point to where the button is going to be. You just know beforehand, I'm going to put the button afterwards up in the right-hand corner, and you point and you say, just press the button up there and download this one-page one document. And so they download the one-page document, and uh, there you've, you know, you've effectively uh, delivered this message and content to people in a personal way. But then it doesn't stop there because a lot of these new apps now, they have these video apps is that you can go into the metrics and you can look at, at heat maps of each individual person as they view that message. You can tell whether they've opened it and watched the video. You can tell whether they've watched the first 10 seconds and skipped to the last 10 seconds, or you can tell whether they've gone back and rewatched areas. And this is incredibly useful information to have. Now, I'm not suggesting you use this in a punitive way, but for you to know, you know, uh, are my messages effective? You know, is the content, you know, correct? Have I got this in, in, in the right order? Incredibly useful information to have. And so much of this is available now and people don't even know that it's out there. Good advice. I've done this. I've given you a call. I've said, Julian, I've just watched it back. I'm hitting an identity crisis in the four levels of commitment. How do you help me? So you've watched it back and, and you want to set- I've and done everything you've just told me to do. Yep. I've watched it back because I just want to watch it back. Oh, Maybe okay, that's the right. problem. Yeah. Maybe that's the problem. I've watched it back and now I've slipped back into that point four in the commitment. I'm having an identity crisis. Help me, Julian. Yeah. What do I do? <laughs> so, <laughs> and that's it. That press send. That's you fly the, over, you drop in and you just hit send. <laughs> that, 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 that's that's the barrier. So, yeah, we, we can get to uh, making the video. We sort of you know, overcome this aversion to how we look, how we sound, all those things. But then to press send, what is this going to do? If I press that send, is it going to damage my status? We've got this huge problem with perfection out there. You know, everything has to be perfect. But go back and you know those things that we talked about, realize that you know, perfection is no longer attractive. The fact that you can turn up with a little bit of vulnerability, with a little bit of imperfection, it actually works well. So if you're really worried about that, then, and this is almost counterintuitive, one of the best ways for you to get used to being on camera and presenting is to go live. And so I like to go onto Facebook and do a live. Now, when I say Facebook, it's particularly useful on Facebook because you can start a business page on Facebook. Really easy to do. Uh, someone has set it up for you. Here's the truth. No one looks at your business page. <laughs> so... <laughs> Hardly anyone ever goes there because, because what Facebook does is it makes you pay to get eyeballs on the business page, but it is real and it's and you can, with a couple of taps of a button and just a smartphone or your webcam, go live onto it. So it is real. It's not like just doing a, a, you know, a recording a video on your phone and then deleting it because you'll stop halfway through. You are actually going live. 
out to the world, but it is so low risk because the chance really of anybody seeing it is really quite small. But if you turn up with a service mindset to help people, this is the is it's really hard to go wrong. Like people do not give you grief for turning up and trying to help them. It is so rare that that actually happens. And if if, if it does, uh, there's a saying, eat the fish, spit out the bones. Like, you know, if you do get someone who criticizes you in there, well, just take it on the chin. It's not the first or the last time it's going to happen to you. But I've got to tell you, you know, I've been doing this online for 10 years now, had heaps of criticism, never affected me once in any real way, apart from just having a bit of a bruised ego. I like to use the term, and certainly in leadership circles, we like to term, use the term feedback more than criticism. Tell us about a time where you've received some feedback, i.e. criticism that's been helpful. You know, it's one of the things that I actually love uh, about LinkedIn. I, I'm on LinkedIn a lot and I put videos out there. And I actually made a video explaining this one. It says one of the reasons I actually make videos and, and other content is to get that feedback um, because I learned this and I go back to the world of magic again. The best lines that I came up with in my show were the lines that audiences gave me. Like they would just let you're literally doing something and, you know, it's a hundredth time I've done this and somebody yells out something from the audience and it's actually really witty, really funny or really insightful. And I would literally stop the show and go, and I always had a notebook and a pen sitting in the, in the top of my, my case and I'd get it and I'd write it down. So I'm writing this down now. That is so good. And that is one of the things that by putting content out there is actively actively inviting people to give you feedback and going, you know, I'm not an expert in in this. How's this going so far? How can I make this better for you? And you put it out there and you'll just get silence. And then somebody will write in and they'll just give you this absolute gem that you had never, ever uh, contemplated because we've all got blind spots. We can't see them. But if you don't take, if you take it as a positive criticism, it works really effectively. Just going back slightly to, I guess, getting over that hump, that identity crisis, would you ever suggest to anyone as a, a possible solution as well that even just using LinkedIn messaging or Facebook messaging, whatever, to send video messages to their mate or to their partner or whatever, just to start to get over that potential hurdle in the mind? Is that yeah. Would that be a useful thing to do? Oh, incredibly useful. So this is... Okay, this this is what what you want. If you're listening to this now, and you're going, you know what? I sort of, I, I, ah, yeah, I don't know, but I think it sounds good, and I should. This is what you want to do, and you 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 literally, if you can do this after, in fact, push stop after I've said this. Listen to the rest of the podcast later. Get out <laughs> your smartphone, huh? and you uh, you can download that Loom app if if you want, or if you're on your phone. You can, if you go to LinkedIn into the messaging, you know, tap the message, it actually brings up a video message system that you can use and just hit record and say thank you to somebody, someone you work with, someone in your team, somebody you just go and just say, uh, hey, Dave, uh, it's Julian here. You know what? Uh, I was thinking uh, that 
you've done some great work over the last year, and I've just made just realised I've never stopped and said thank you, and that's what I want to do. You know, it's terrific, and you know, you're such a valuable member of this team. I, it was on my mind. I just wanted to say it, uh, Dave. You have a great day. Okay, see you, mate. Bye. Hit stop and send that. Don't make one. Do five to ten of them. Because if you make one, it might go to someone they might never see it. But make five to ten and you back and go, oh, man, that's so good. Thanks so much for that. You'll get two people who send you videos back. And I go, oh, that is fantastic. So Yeah, I was thinking about you. This is great. Thanks for, you know, um, uh, uh, you know thinking of me. And I've had people, the one per- – this is – with a number of people have suggested that uh, they do this, one person has come back, consistently made a video where they've been crying, and they go, you've got no idea what that meant to me. I was just having a lousy day today, and you have just made my day. Thank you so much. And This is the simple power of video messaging. It's We can turn up and as ourselves with a service mindset We've got the technology in our hand and it can be as easy as that. And you, the value, the long-term value of doing maybe five of those a week for the next year, the long-term value to your business, <laughs> to your leadership is hard to overstate. Absolutely, mate. And just to let's test the power of this, mate. I've got my phone out. I'm just hitting video now. Got the iPhone. Hey, Julian, it's Brendan, mate. We're actually on the podcast still. I really appreciate your insight and everything. Mate, great to talk to you. We're going to keep going, but I'm going to stop this video now. Mate, just done. I'll send it once okay. we finish here, but it's that easy. Yeah, that that's it. So um, I better not watch it again. I may not check it. I may not send it. Oh, oh <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> But the thing is, and it is literally, I mean, you know, the, the, uh, a book that I wrote is called Press the Red Button, and all the workshops I do are called Press the Red Button because literally that's how easy video is now. And this is, and so if, if I'm speaking on stage, I might have you know, a couple hundred people in the audience and we're talking about introducing video, you know, into their workflow, into their business, and a, a big timer comes up behind me and it just starts at 60 seconds and goes tick, 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 start, and I go, right, everyone make a video, and they're just staring at me. And I go, right, you've got 55 seconds, make a video, 50 seconds, and one by one they'll start to get their phone out, they'll look at each other, and they go, and they're fumbling with their phones and they're holding them up and they're moving them around and then 10 seconds, and then timer up. I go, now stand who has not made a video. And no one never stands. As I go, right, so you already know how to make a video. I didn't tell you how to make it. You knew how to make it. And yet when you want to introduce video into your business, you're going, well, we've got to have a steering committee for this. We've got to buy all this equipment in. Uh, And yet every member of your organisation has Hollywood in their handbag. <laughs> it's there. And it's, and all you've got to do to make these effective video uh, business messages is press the red button. Mate, you've also got a really cool acronym using SMART. You say SMART video. Can you give a bit of a summary of that? Yeah, SMART. It's uh, um, 
it's just a thing I remind myself if I'm making short, uh, you know, making videos to put up on LinkedIn or send to somebody. Uh, smart is simple. Keep them simple. Keep them meaningful and made to measure. So, you know, think about the audience that you're you're sending them to them. Make them personal. Mention their name in them. Make them authentic. So just, again, a reminder for me just to be who I am. Make them relevant. Do not make a video or send a video to anybody that is not relevant because the downside of video is that we have to invest time to watch it. You know, like if, if you read a, a a post or a, a message, you can just scan it and you can scan it within two or three seconds going, no, I'm not interested. Video, we have to invest time. So if it's not relevant, it actually works against you because you're taking up that person's valuable time. And then T is for tight. Keep it nice and, and short. Uh, Theodore Roosevelt, uh, former US president, you know, I don't know, 100 years ago, had the best saying, everybody should have this tattooed on their finger. So when they press the red button, it reminds them. He used to say, uh, oh, gosh, it's gone out of my head. Uh, 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 <laughs> that's great. I've forgotten what the, the saying is. It's uh, uh, It'll come back. <laughs> it'll come back. Uh, <laughs> completely gone out of my head. <laughs> All right. Don't we love when that happens? Yeah. Was give yourself some time to think about it. I'm sure it'll come back when you're not thinking about it. The what's Julian's? Oh, I've got it. Top. I'm sorry. I've got it. Here it You've is. You've got yeah. it. He used oh, to now, say, but I'm ready to ask a question. No, I got it. I've got to say it now. I've got to remember it. Okay. Be brief. Be sincere. Be seated. So say say what you've got to say. Say it with sincerity. Then get off the stage. All right. Done it. It was worth the wait. Powerful and succinct. Love it. All right, I'm going to ask my question. Julian's top three tips as to why leaders, business leaders, business owners, people wanting to lead their field need to seriously be doing video content. You need to be doing it because uh, it is now uh, video and the whole is is now the future is is here. So you know, there's no um, thinking that this is going to be next year and next couple of years. You're going to be doing it because we haven't even talked about the Gen Zs out there who are coming up and they're going to fill up our wor- workforces and they are video native. Like you know, don't don't send a PDF to them. You got to send a thirty second video for them if you want them to take any information or do anything. Uh, reason number two is that. Your own personal satisfaction, you're going to get out of this because most people think, no, I can't do it. And when you realize that you can do it, and here's the thing, it takes most people about 10 videos to get get good at video. It is way faster than what people think because people still think this old idea of video, like, you know, I have to be creative and make these videos like I see on YouTube. No, you don't. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you just got to turn up and try to help somebody. And so people go, uh, realize very fast. And when you start doing this, you realize, oh, man, this is another skill that I, I've got. And your communication improves. Uh, every time you do this, uh, because you have to think about making it a bit more concise, is your uh, communication improves. Uh, third reason, oh, gosh, I can't think of that absolute specific third reason. I'll come back to that one. <laughs> Well, I think for, for me, a third reason could be leading to what you mentioned first. I, I didn't really 
think about that scenario about the different generations. Is video one of those things that transfers generations? Yeah, well, I mean, that that's where they are. And you don't need any, uh, that's where the younger generation is. But not even just the younger generation, all of us are there now. You don't need stats from, you know, to work out whether we're all using video. Just open your eyes and look around. I mean, we are all glued to devices. And there's something about devices too that you need to understand why it's important to get on them is that we're all addicted to these smartphones. And do you like using text on a smartphone? I mean, you know, maybe you're really good at typing with your thumbs, but most people aren't. Video is the convenient way to communicate on these smart devices that we're all more addicted to. I was just watching before, I just saw a video in Seoul in Korea of uh, they now have traffic lights in the footpath, like, you know, at the curbside, they got them on the post, but actually on the ground at people's feet, it's like a big band and it flashes red. And when it's green to walk, it flashes green because everyone is on their phones with their heads looking down. And so, uh, you know, this uh, we are a, a community right at the moment, I don't know for how long, that's addicted to these devices. So uh, getting on it and knowing that this whole generation of, of people coming up want their messaging differently. And People just talk about, we'll talk about TikTok for one moment. People go, yeah, but, you know, TikTok is just for dance videos. And no, it's not. The So the largest growing demographic on TikTok at the moment is 35 to 55-year-olds. And so there's a real business use case here. Go on to TikTok uh, and study how, because you've got 15 seconds or 60 seconds to get a message across. And it is very instructive to see how people are getting messages across in short videos. And uh, it's influenced uh, the way that I do things uh, as well. So it's not it's not negative. It's a real positive. And I think if we can mine uh, the techniques that they're, they're using and just understand that, you know, that, you know, this is the way of, of the future. And, and I'm not purely video. Video is just part of a mixed messaging set of tools that we have. There will always be um, written content. There will always be audio content. There will always be graphic content. Video is just part of it now. But if you're not in in the game, you're going to get left behind. You're just going to end up being invisible. Yeah, and I think that's a great, absolutely fantastic point, you know, to appeal. And that's where my question was going, to, to appeal to the broader masses, irrespective of age, then different people will resonate with different things. Some will still want to read. Well, you can get a transcript from video if you want to, and you can put something out there. Video, obviously, is you know what we're focused on. So it, it just moves through and people can make a choice. Video makes things so adaptable to the various styles that people want to consume information because you can leverage from video, can't you? Yeah, 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 so much. I mean, you know, leaders don't sit on the sidelines like digital spectators. How are your videos working for you now? And I mean, you, I mean, here to the audience. And if you're not making videos, they're doing nothing for you. And you understand that your competition is out there making videos. And people are now consuming videos more than any other content that's out. Like it's the fastest rising content. Uh, advertising is now using video more than, than ever. It's just, uh, yeah, it's the way that we, we, we're going. You've got to be in it to win it. 
And you can't win a new game. It's a new game. You can't win this new game playing by old rules. So these, these ideas that you have, that video is something that we're going to outsource. Video doesn't affect me. I'm not part of the video game. Yes, you are. And it's just briefly worth mentioning this uh, video production paradox. So about 5% of the videos that your organization will make in the next five to 10 years will be uh, glossy, these creative videos, you know, homepage, advertising, all that. Now, you might be able to make those videos, but generally you can't and you need to outsource those. But 95% of the videos you're going to be make, uh, making are these simple video messages we're talking about for virtual presentation, social media, recruiting, thought leadership, testimonials, online courses, customer education, uh, training updates, apologies, thank yous, onboarding, pitching your ideas. 95% within your organization are going to be made by that. Now, this is the paradox. You might be able to make those perfect videos, polished ones, but video production companies can't make authentic videos. They can't make them. They say, oh, we'll make them look a little bit authentic, but you can't be a little bit authentic. You're either authentic or you're not. And if you try to be a little bit authentic and put that, you know, home, you know, spin on it, and we know this if we see bank ads or insurance ads, you know, where they go, it's got a little, you know, like a mum holding a baby. We were there with you, you know, when you took your first breath, a little kid with a skin knee. We were there on your first day of school. And they're making out like, you know, they're part of our family. And people are going, no, you're not. <laughs> and it just, it leaves a bad taste in, in people's uh, mouths. So you might be able to make uh, perfect and polished videos, but they can't make these authentic videos. So if they can't, who has to? Pause for effect. Yeah, <laughs> you. You have to make them and the people within your organization. So getting on board now and working out how we're going to do this and how we're going to implement frictionless systems and frictionless. And what you, you what you did before, uh, Brendan, was holding your phone up, pushing the red button is a frictionless system. Like, oh, I made the video, I'm done, I'm getting back to work. If it's not frictionless, you will not make those those videos. So this is something that's coming and it's not going away and you just need to start thinking about this, if nothing else. Absolutely, mate. Julian, what's the one thing that's helped you become a more confident leader? Oh, certainly what I was talking about before, uh, just getting myself out of the equation, not thinking this is all about me. I mean, I went through that, you know, trying to you know, think about how people saw me and, you know, you know, try to affect change and be useful. But, you know, I had my image and my status and that. And really when I pulled myself out of the equation, I mean, I'm a human, that still affects me, but I've, I consciously go, anytime I turn up, I think about am I, how can I help the person, the audience that I'm speaking to at the moment. And that one thing has helped me become a much more effective leader because yeah, leadership is earned, isn't it? I mean, our leadership is, it's very democratic. You know, people vote for their leaders. And I noticed that when I started to turn up with that mindset of helping people, people started to vote for me more. So, you know, I'd so say that's the one thing. Yeah, I love it. Sort of reinforcing that term you mentioned earlier, that nervous to service. So Julian, I have really enjoyed this conversation. I love 
what you're talking about. I love the video side of thing. Everything you're talking about so powerful. I love even more the fact that it's always great to have a fellow Queenslander on the Culture of Leadership podcast. So, mate, thank you for doing as proud as a Queenslander. Go the Maroons. Thanks. Up the Maroons. And thank you for – although you've got a bit of a dodgy background. It's that. It's almost like that New South Wales blue colour, isn't it? Ah, oh, yeah. It's, I hadn't thought of that before, but yeah, no. It's Mind a- you, now I'm just thinking, look at the podcast artwork for the Culture of Leadership and it's got that New South Wales blue as well. So let's just put that aside. We'll edit that right. bit out now. Mate, thanks for being a fantastic guest on the Cultural Leadership Podcast. Thanks for asking me. Whether it's driving a vision, leading a team, building a business, inspiring a team, leading a movement, connecting a tribe, or setting an example. To be effective, video has to be part of your communication arsenal. As a leader, if you aren't yet confident with creating video content, you'll be left behind. You won't be remembered and your message will fade away quickly. In today's world, it's impossible to have the level of impact a leader should have without video. Pick up your phone, press the red button and make a video for a friend or loved one and send it. Start your journey today. These were my three key takeaways from my conversation with Julian. My first key takeaway, leaders make smart videos. Smart's an acronym for simple, meaningful, authentic, relevant and tight. Keep it tight, i.e. short. In other words, make the message simple. Ensure it's meaningful. Show up on camera how you are off camera. Ensure the message you're sharing is relevant and say what you need to say in as few words as possible. Like smart goals, leaders make smart videos. My second key takeaway, leaders fix nervous with service. They don't focus on themselves, they focus on how they can serve others. This helps them get over their identity crisis and actually create video content. Focus on the best information you can share to serve others. This will help you move from nervous to service. The third key takeaway, leaders use video to increase their impact. If you want to have a greater impact, you have no choice. You have to use video to leverage your time, your message, and the amount of people you reach. Every modern day leader uses video to build trust and ultimately increase their impact. So in summary, my three key takeaways were, leaders make smart videos, leaders fix nervous with service, and leaders use video to increase their impact. What action will you take to unleash your inner video star and become a more confident leader? Let me know at thecultureofleadership.com, on YouTube, or via our socials. Thanks for joining me, and remember, the best outcome is on the other side of a genuine conversation. Thanks for listening to The Culture of Leadership. You can access the show notes at thecultureofleadership.com. If you enjoy the show, please follow, rate, and give a review on your favorite podcast platform.